people don't know about this stuff. They don't know about what the hell leaky gut is and stuff. And you'd start explaining important findings that sounds so clinical and whatever. So I try to bring it down to their level. So if you say the book of you, they do feel really special. You've made a book about me. How amazing. So the language. Yeah, after that we talk about, we give them a treatment plan. The only thing I actually do different, because people are a little bit sneaky, um, I don't put what recommended products when I have a treatment plan. So I go like, um, okay, this is the, this is, so we've done this one, you've, we've researched you, we've, this is your report of findings, have a look here. We get you back in two weeks to make sure the diet, the two weeks after the report of findings is always about, let's see if the diet is working, not necessarily about giving um, more supplements. You know, they may get another supplement of the report of findings, depending on what I've found. The reason I put that diet consultation in, um, I just, you know, to say how, how, how's the food going consultation is because they come back to me, Angela, and they'd say, your diet's not working, Alex. And I'd say, oh, yeah, nah, your version of my diet's not working. There's two <laughs> different things here. Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, practitioner to practitioner conversations to inspire and mentor you in your own professional journey. Join Angela Carroll as she meets with practitioners from around Australia and New Zealand and hears how they work, live and grow in the natural medicine field. Can you run appointments in your practice that better serve both you and your patients to get the best outcomes? You can be more efficient and get better results. You can reduce your chance of burnout. You can truly love and excel at what you do. Alexandra takes us through her model of practice in her delightful way that is applicable to online and face-to-face -face appointment systems as she gets to know the ins and outs of the duck's bum. If you are yet to attend the Metagenics Best Practice event or have attended but haven't put the five steps to your best practice system in place, now is a prime opportunity to get insight on how you can set this up in your practice. Alexandra Brewster is an Australian immigrant who feels that she's had a lifelong calling to medicine. Her story will be familiar to many practitioners. Her ongoing thirst for knowledge saw her transition through many education platforms, including being one of only seven IFM certified practitioners in Australia, which is no mean feat. Alexandra's story is intriguing and engaging and her enthusiasm is infectious. Please like, share and comment on this episode to spread the message to help more practitioners find this podcast, build our connection as an industry and community and be our best. Okay, so my name is Alexandra Brewster. Um, I always wanted to be in the health industry. I think when I was about seven years old, I got my first doctors and nurses kit as a Christmas present. So I just thought about that, but I thought, oh my gosh, you know, and then I look, I Googled my name and it's Alexandra's Helper of Mankind. Now I'm not God, but I just think it's really interesting how the, um, the, the planets align, you know. So I always wanted to be a midwife. So I um, did my nursing, in those days in the 80s, you had to do nursing before you did midwifery, which I'm very grateful for, because it gives you a far broader range of knowledge. So I did that in the old hospital-based system and um, graduated as a nurse in 85 and as a midwife in 87. I um, then practiced as a midwife for 25 years on and off while I did things like get married and have children. And, you know, I started having more thirst for knowledge because I still saw a lot of working in a public hospital, I beg your pardon, private hospital, I still had, you know, we still had uh, patients with other complaints and it was always about, Oh, you've got this symptom, have this drug, and then you get this symptom, well, you've had another drug. No disrespect to any doctor. Everyone does the best as they can, I think. So I started studying while I was still doing night duty and raising children. I think it took me 10 years. In those days, it was called Advanced Diploma of, natural, of Naturopathy, Western Herbal Medicine and Nutrition through the Australian Institute of Applied Science. Why did I choose that? Because you could do it correspondence, it was called in those days, um, because I had babies and was working night duty and, you know, just couldn't get to campus and lived out in the boondocks. So I did that and I graduated in 2006 and I set up practice in 2007, all the while still practicing as a midwife. So I was really fortunate to be able to transition and have my nursing midwifery to fund my naturopathy. 
but it came off very quickly. Um, it, um, it, I, I went from um, two days a week to very quickly five days a week. In, well, when I say quickly, I think I, I was in with an orthodontist, a lovely, a lovely man in Ipswich, and then that was 2000 and well, January 2007 I started, and 2010, so three years I bought this business um, because I always had this dream of having a little shop out the front because here in Ipswich, of course, there was nothing around. There was no health food shops. It's changed now, but, you know, and um, having other practitioners. So we've got that true holistic um, capacity. Education-wise, I've always had a thirst for knowledge. I always knew the advanced stick wasn't going to be enough for me. So in 2016, I completed my Master's of Health Science specialising in herbal medicine via the University of New England in Armidale. In 2017, I completed my Swiss Biological Medicine through Paracelsus Clinic in Lustmüller. That's a funny little story. I thought I was going to do it online. And then I get the email saying, thank you, Frau Brewster. We look forward to seeing you in April, June and October. So I went and I sat my husband down with a glass of wine. I said, how do you feel if I go to Switzerland three times this year? Which was quite wonderful. So I've got that amazing, amazing um, um, piece of paper and knowledge because that man who I think is an absolute bloody genius has now retired. He's 74, Dr. Rao. And then, of course, in 2018, because, you know, what's having a breather, I started my, I think you told me, Angela, my applying functional medicine in clinical practice. You said you might want to do this. And, of course, I think I had the first signature on that bit of paper. And then I completed that in um, November last year. Yes, November last year. It seems like a blur. And I'm now a fully certified functional medicine practitioner. There's only seven of us in Australia um, fully certified. So I'm really proud of that because I think 111 started on that AFMCP. Ford set the exam and two passed. So I'm pretty pretty excited about that. Um, I don't know if you want to know anything about my health, but I always say, if you listen to my podcast, I was born broken. Like I am. Um, we emigrated... And it was very stressful going from Germany to Australia as a child. And um, I developed TB on the plane because it was a two-day um, two journey and you had lots of stop-offs in the Mediterranean and, and Asia and stuff. So we were holed up with a bunch of people. So we all, I, learned, I actually learned English in the Royal Alexandra Hospital for Children. I remember them feeding me bloody porridge and I thought, what is this slop? I've died and gone to hell. And um, there were lots of stories about that. About I actually met a nurse, an older nurse here in Ipswich one night, Judy, who looked after my sister and I as, a child, as children because it was the talk of the hospital because we always used to push our beds together because we were so scared. And that was 1970. So uh, as a result of TB, I needed um, very high ionising radiation, chest X-rays every six and, and every six months when I got better. But um, I also had such mad drugs, which I'm very grateful for, Angela, because they saved my life. Um, <clears throat> I, had, I had drugs that turned my wee-wee fluorescent orange, I can remember, and my eyes bright purple. And everyone used to think I looked like, um, come on, Elizabeth Taylor, because apparently she had purple eyes. So my mother said that I was quite the hit in the hospital grounds when she'd take me out to the garden. So that took some time to recover and until, so that was from seven till 13, I had six monthly x-rays. I'm actually grateful I still had ovaries. I developed endometriosis, of course, I lost an ovary to torsion. I had two beautiful children, but then of course my thyroid went because no one thought about putting shields up in any important glands. So basically that's my backstory. So I actually discovered natural medicine like everybody else um, because of illness, not my own, mind you, because they wanted to put my son on medication when he was seven, and I was like, you know what, there's something else here. I need to, um, I need to find something else because they talked that he said he had had trouble with um, attention. So I went to Sue Dengate's lecture, who happened to be in town. I thought, man, this is what I'm going to study, and the rest is what I've just told you. Wow! So that's my story. That is an amazing story, and that is so, um, I think, so complete and so interesting and engaging, and I'm just going to leave it as that. You can okay. It's done your own Thank introduction. You. <laughs> Thank you. And the interesting thing is my Zach, he always struggled. I said he, you know, never do well in maths. He's now a high school math science teacher. He graduated with an OP6 without no drugs, girl. Wow. And no disrespect to anyone who needs to use drugs, and it was a hard slog, but we did it. Yeah, wow, that's just amazing. And by the by, I'm better. I'm well. Yeah. And then, then you've got the proof in the pudding to 
be an example for your own patients who are in the same boat. Yes, yes. And so I do see a lot of uh, hormonal, thyroid, mental health issues. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not necessarily an easy case to be able to pull apart in a lot of a lot of these patient populations because it's very interwoven. Absolutely. And I always say they come in with their bag of meds and supplements, rather. I know it's a thyroid problem straight away. Yeah. They come in and they've got 20 supplements they've been trying in the last two years. That's definitely a thyroid problem. Well, gross generalisation, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 because it's complicated and they're not getting the result. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the reason that um, I wanted to do this podcast with you was because you tell a fabulous story. Uh, generally, you're an awesome storyteller anyway. But you tell a fabulous story about how you used to practice and then how you transitioned to a, a different way of practicing after attending yes. the Metagenics Best Practice full-day event. But what I, what I, I guess really what I want to emphasise is that the way of practising, for a lot of practitioners... Um, the the short-sighted practice model, the short-sighted um, appointment model that we were taught at, at, at college, and again, no disrespect to colleges because they have to teach something where you can see how you do everything in one hit. But doing everything in one hit is overwhelming for you and your patients, and it's not a long-term vision. It, you're just going from appointment to well we'll see you in two weeks and see how you're going you'll see them in two weeks later and oh we'll see you in two weeks and see how you're going so you're really only short-sighted with that which is exhausting from a practitioner perspective you're just constantly you know um, on the alert what have I missed what have I missed what do I need to look at what's next what's next and I remember being like that myself when I was in practice when I first started out um, and then we looked at putting together a more long-sighted way of being able to run your appointments. And so I just wanted to talk to you about appointment flow because I know from a lot of practitioners, speaking to them, particularly newer practitioners, um, you know, just that appointment flow, how do you make it easy for yourself? How do you make it more attainable for your patients to get the results? So, yeah, let's talk about that today. Okay, thanks. I totally agree with everything you said and... um I used to be the same, and you know, and not only that, Angela. But you'd have these people sitting there, and you try to get all this information out of them at the first visit, and then you try to go, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. You're going to take this supplement or whatever. Their eyes are glazing over after 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and they're not taking anything in, or maybe 20 at the best if you're engaging with them. Then they go away and they come back and go, oh, actually, that made me feel a whole lot worse. And then they wasted 70 dollars of supplements. You feel like an idiot. And um, nobody's getting any better. And that's if they come back. Because if they don't get results straight away, you know that, you know, you're, they're not going to come back. So you've lost that client. And I agree, I used to do the same thing. And it's almost almost very reductionist, that model, isn't it? Like, um, oh, gosh, we'll do this and this works, this and this and this. So, of course, best practice came around um, early on. And I was overseas, so I couldn't go to the first one. And my receptionist at the time said, oh, no, it's too hard to implement. And I went, okay, but the next year I went on my own and thought this is I'm going to nail this because I was very very quickly getting to the point of um burnout Mm. you know so common in our industry you know like healing industries um with the coaching business I have I I focus on burnout professionals going through and it's just that when you're looking at you doing you're doing your use marketing searches you know like what's what's in the industry what do you what you know in your market clearly um the health industry are the the biggest population of people that go through burnout it's it's a phenomenal yeah well that's very interesting pardon my clinic dog there telling everyone that she's here um yeah i agreed and i was heading that way and i always used to say i shaved a little slither of my adrenaline wave every time i got a complicated case and that was i think 2009 wasn't it angela Uh, 2011 oh 11 okay so that was that was when i was doing my biological medicine so it must have been maybe it was 2000 it doesn't matter it was about 2011 and um and i thought oh golly i'm not going to last long in this because and cases have become increasingly complicated yeah, they're getting are. even worse. Mm. So what I found with best practice, it gives you breathing space. Mm. Mm. So what I do, I, that, I, I do the whole duvet you taught us. Yeah. And I came home and everyone's rolling there. I came home. I came to work after the, the um, that, um, that uh, 
seminar and everyone's going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now? You know, because that's the way I think. I said six weeks. We've got six weeks to implement this because that's how long my waiting list was. And I said oh, exactly that. what you've, the structure you told us, the, um, the, um, the first consultation, research time and report of findings. They all get booked in. They get booked in and it's an hour for the report of findings, an hour for... Um, for the first appointment and I allow half an hour for research. I think you do a testing appointment and stuff, but that didn't work for us. We tried that because of, I just get such long distance clients. Yes. So once they're here, you know, I'll even have them driving from Coolpie for a drive. I just love that. I get in the car and drive from Coolpie. That's so cute. Um, so for basically... People, for people who don't know where Coolpie is, including myself, <laughs> how far is Coolpie? So that's just on the other side of Birdsville. Right. So on the eight-hour west of Charleville. Eight hours west from Charleville, so it's already about a 14-hour drive. They usually stop in Toowoomba and um, come on down. Now, that's country people for you, right? Yeah, I think it's eight hours west of Charleville. So, okay, so, so people are coming a long way. So, so can, let's, let's go in and look at the flow then, how it works for you. And I do also want to just uh, uh, pre-frame too, you know, we're finding ourselves right in the the middle, or the middle, sorry, I should say the beginning of the COVID lockdown and so practitioners moving to online appointments. So this, what we're going to be talking about, is completely doable online. But I do want yes, to start with testing. Yeah. That. So let's, um, let's talk about, okay, somebody rings up, makes an appointment. What happens yep. next? Well, I, of course, don't touch the diary because I'm hopeless. I've lost touch with the diary. So we use um, an online-based program, Cobos program called Super Clinic. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug them or not, but if you want to streamline your business, give Mary Ann and Eric and Stevie a call. Those guys rock. They are actually at this present doing a Zoom webinar on Zoom integration, which I'll watch later. Um, they are so helpful, so kind, and really, really reasonable in price. So everything is now online. So the minute Paula books someone in, of course, I can see it on my um on my desktop. So they ring up and ask for a first appointment. Um, we don't have online bookings for this reason because it gets a bit complicated, um, but we're working towards it. That's the thing we have to work towards because everyone wants to book online. So they ring up and Paula tells them what to expect, that the first appointment is information collecting only. There will be a few testings. Um, I do live blood. Um, which we can tell them face-to-face -face. on the telephone, of course. We can't advertise this fact on our websites anymore. That's cool. So if they can come in, usually we get them to come in for the first appointment with Zoom and stuff because I'm now the Zoom aficionado. Haha, <laughs> not. Um, you can do, you can check eyes for iridology and nails and tongue quite easily. Um, the older patients, I just get them to take a photo and send them to me and I do phone consults. But getting back to the first appointment structure, so she will book in the hour first appointment, immediately book in the research while it's fresh in my mind because, as I said, the cases are becoming increasingly complicated and I don't type terribly well, so it's good to have it fresh in my head as well. And then they also get the report of findings booked in at the same time, which is usually a week later. So then they come in, I again reiterate, this is actually a, um, a system that we work with, a program, although I don't call it, I don't say a program as such, that we, if to be truly well, we need to continue with this because their body's going to make themselves well and it's not like conventional symptomology based, it's healing deep um, uh, underlying driver based. Yeah. So they get told that... When Paula books them in, they get told that when they get their online form, they get told that when I get arrive, when they arrive here, and we're talking. And you know, your I don't that cover page area that comes in the web with the best practice. I just plagiarise that. Yeah. I basically just plagiarise that saying, and it explains it all beautifully in there. You know, your first path to wellness is going to be a little bit more intense, so the, the consultations are going to be more. Um, closer together, bad English. And as you get well, we'll go on to more a wellness based maintenance well-being program so immediately they get told that straight away they get educated and educated because you know you have to tell someone 12 times isn't that correct Ange? before they actually get it mm. so they get told that all the time it's not just about the first appointment having said that at the first appointment now I just give them something for their symptomology yep. it's usually a um, passion flower neurocarmative from a certain um, from a certain company that I love very much because that stuff bloody rocks. Uh, and you know what? And then they're calm and they can think. 
Some of the tigers have gone in their head. So then they go, oh, God, I feel amazing. I do make a rule now because my first appointments are a little bit pricey, $220. Um, and um, I make a rule of only one supplement okay. Um, okay. at the first appointment because, yep. you know, you don't want people to go, oh, gosh, I've spent $500 on the naturopath and I feel like crap and I've got diarrhea from all the magnesium that she told me to take because my gut's really bad. Not that they know that, but that's, you yes. know, yep. that's... That's the progression. Um, yeah, so that's my first appointment. So can I ask you, with the first appointment, when you're sitting in there with your patients, yes. and and I mean this in a loving way, you have a proclivity to talk. Uh, I do have a proclivity to talk. <laughs> so how, what are you thinking in your head? What's your mindset when you're sitting knee-to-knee with those patients or Zoom-to-Zoom? Knee-to-knee is a problem for me at present because I literally do sit knee-to-knee, so I have to maintain the distance. But, yeah, what's my mindset? I, let, I do let them talk, believe it or not, because I'm too busy typing. <laughs> I can't, you know. But I will prompt them and I will tell them I need to know the ins and outs of a duck's thumb about them because it may be... Because functional medicine is about connecting the dots, which is naturopathy as well, but it's just a little bit more intense and about populating the matrix so we know which area of the body to um, concentrate on first. So um, we'll, I do have a system of going, okay, what, what, give me your five top reasons you've come to see me because there's usually at least five. I uh, then ask them about surgical, medical, family history, obstetric history, all that sort of stuff, go through diet recall, and I just prompt them and I let them talk. Okay. So that's my mindset. All right. And is there a flow, a questioning flow in the initial appointment? Yes. Okay. So can do you mind doing a a flow through? No, not at all. So that's as I said. So they come in, I say, ask them if they know what naturopathy is about and functional medicine. Have they ever been to one before? And I just explain what it is. And I think we're all versed with what that is as practitioners. So I won't go through that. Um, and then I say, okay, what are your top five objectives coming to see me today? Number one, if you can, being the most important, but it doesn't matter because we can copy paste as we go since it's not on paper anymore. Um, and usually by then I'm handing them tissues because they're already crying because it's about being heard, you know. And, um, and then I just ask them... Um, and I just have that system. Basically, I'll go through it. I haven't got it in front of me. So I ask their employment, not because I'm being nosy. I tell them I, there's always a point to my question. You know, are they dealing with chemicals or um, heavy metals and stuff like that? Then I ask if it, are any operations. The biggest one that I find is the girls forget about the implants, breast implants. So I always say any operations, including implants and C-sections, then I ask medical history, you know, have you got any other medical conditions you've, um, you need to tell me about? Um, is there any history of anything like this in the family? Let's say it's Hashi because I see a lot of Hashimoto's. Um, or Crest is the other one that I'm seeing a lot of, autoimmune disease. So is there any history of any autoimmune disease in the family explaining that, you know, um, just because you've got Hashimoto's doesn't mean that's not correlated to the lupus your mother has, for instance. So we go through that. We go through obstetric history. I want to know what sort of birth they've had, you know, because of the delivery and the gut microbiome. I, I talk a lot about poop, as we all do, and ask them about their bowel habits and their um, digestive habits. Then I do a diary call, and then we have a breath and a little laugh, and usually the clinic dog's in there is somewhere along the line, and then I do testings. So then I test and I do some iridology. Um, I look at their tongue, do the zinc tally, look at their nails, take some blood, put it on a microscope. Yeah. And how, how have you thought about, have you had time to think about um, how you'll actually run that testing aspect uh, now that you're going to be online? Yes, well, um, I think all of it we can do online except for the zinc tally and the blood, of course. Yeah. So we can, you know, get them to look up close, their eyes up close to the microphone. The microphone? No, what's the thing called? The camera? And um, you, can also, you get them, if they've got a, their phone, they can actually take a really good phone, iridology photo of their, on their phone. Yes, I have done that in the past. Mm. Thank you. Yes, I've forgotten about that. And that's what I've done before I did Zoom. They sent them to me and same with the tongue. And um, I want to make, I say to them with the tongue photo, I want to see the little dangly thing in the back of the throat so get someone to take the photo because that's quite definitive. If you can't see the oodle, you know, they've 
got a fat tongue, right? It's yeah. So, um, so I do that and, and fingernails. And I also do other palms of the head because being thyroid, I want to see what colour the palms of their heads are. Um, yeah, so it actually works quite well. Um, people still prefer to come in. Right. You know, at this stage, we are very blessed that we can still um, see people. Blood, you know, honestly, I'm thinking about the blood, and I know a lot of practitioners, unfortunately, can't do blood. And that's another reason I went to Switzerland, because they're, they're huge on, on, on blood, blood screening, as you know. Um, so, basically, I have done in the past where vets have taken blood from shepherds and stuff from police dogs and I've popped their blood under the microscope. So, yeah, so I'm trying to work out a way that we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, the nature of my clinic, as you know, we do have... Um, we have a, a circular driveway, if you like, so we've now set up a drive-through, which Paul is handing all the supplements to. But I'm thinking maybe I should do drive blood, drive-through blood analysis. I don't know. I'm, I, this all goes <laughs> on in my head. But all, the other stuff, you know, and I also that's the other thing. I beg your pardon. Is in in our online follow form, which the lovely Marianne or Eric will set up. Set up. It comes through Simple Clinic. They can attach their pathology. We highly recommend that if, um, it's, if they have any pathology, which is actually their property, so they're allowed to collect it from whichever medical practice they went to, because um, I, I look at the pathology as well. So it's, because I, I say the, um, the naturopathy is more subjective and we want some objective as well, which great. is the pathology. So great. that's how I work with that. So, and all, so, well, yeah, that's great. So, so um, all of your, uh, the initial appointment. So the initial appointment really sounds to me like it's your initial appointment and pathology or initial appointment. Yes, testing. Yeah. Correct. So yes. we put that together and that takes an hour in the books. Yes. Right? Yes. Then you have scheduled a 30-minute research time. Yes. So in that research time, um, how does that work in the practice? Okay, so it's scheduled in as an appointment. So every, unless it's a dire emergency, everybody knows they're not to message me on the um, work chat. I don't answer any telephones. I don't check any emails. It's like the pay, and I tell this to my clients. It's like they're sitting there, but I'm just working on their pathology. And when they bring the pathology, they kept, they want you to look at it right now. I said, no, no, we'll scan it in and I'll really concentrate on that when I do your research. So that often takes the longest part, and I put together a report of findings, which is like just a, a click down. I have a, a folder in my um, documents that says report of findings, of course, and I um, I just use some metagenic stuff. Like I still use the leaky gut one, but I've annotated it. Um, I use a lot of functional medicine handouts. I do the cover page with my logo on it and your letter on the back, the, you know, dear, your health is important to you, whatever, that we learn at best practice. Um, then I do the clinical focus. Uh, I'll just, sorry, I'll just bring, this is, I know we're not on live, but this is the folder they all get. Right, okay. So, yeah, I can. Yeah, right. yeah, there you go. So it's a big blue folder and I then do a just a cover page and I do the clinical focus and I because my handwriting is appalling, I type everything. And you know what, Ange, this is a little this is a little hack that I only learned this year after doing nine years of best practice. Then you save them. Man, you don't have to handwrite everything new. Because how many thyroid pay you just you just personalize it. Dude, this has literally saved me 15 minutes. Which is great because I often take that long now to look at the pathology. So what you're this doing, what you're doing is you're making templates. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit difficult. I can send you a photo, but no, that's yeah, okay. basically you're making a template for an yes. patient you have. Yes, yes. And you get a similar patient. You can yes. then just use that template. We did teach that at best practice, but you might use. Yes, it. yes. I do. Well, I beg your pardon. I must have must have been too busy talking to someone next door with that. But like I used to handwrite it all. Like you know the clinical focus. That one. Yeah. So that's the one. And then I've got it in clinical focus in a folder. And then like this girl, for instance, is um, anxiety and and thyroid and no energy. So just click on anxiety and thyroid because I've saved it as such, you know, and click there it goes, change the name at the top, just change a few things about what diet I want to do and, you know, what, how we want to deal with the low energy and Bob's your uncle. Great. So you're making so much faster. So much faster. So you've got a thyroid template, a PCOS template, uh, yeah. anxiety template. 
Yeah, absolutely. Menopause, depression, ADD, autism, um, POTS, uh, you name them, I've done them. Great. Great, great. Okay, so then that means you can draw that down, fill that in with all the research specific for that individual patient, right. and then you put that together into right. a physical folder for those patients. Yes. And so, they can read it because my handwriting is terrible. <laughs> so then, okay, so with the flow, do you mind, so for people who haven't gone to best practice, don't have those templates, at the top of it, if we take it through, and the top of the report of findings effectively, uh, the way that a pre-frame report of findings is you're saying this is what's gone wrong, this is why it's gone wrong, this it's is just, what we're going to do about it, and this is how we're going to do it. So it's yes. really two or four components to it so it's the problem and the solution so in the but the top of it the front of your report of findings is all about addressing their goals what they want not what you want what correct. they want yes correct and i ask them i say is this have i got this right is there anything i've forgotten yeah and then we have to very neatly write it on by hand but usually um it's all covered because i've taken a comprehensive history yeah, nice. Okay. And so then that is where you give them the full solution to their problem. So the initial appointment, they get um, a bottle of calming herbs, generally yes. speaking, generally speaking. Yes. Um, of course. Different per person. There's and also relaxing herbs I give out too. Yeah, their blood pressure's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, actually, speaking of blood pressure, I was listening to a podcast on the Metagenics Clinical Podcast on nitric oxide. And oh, yeah. fascinating. And he was talking in there about correlation with nitric oxide um, and high blood pressure and the our microbiome in our mouth is required for the formation of the nitric oxide. So oh, when yeah. we use mouthwash, so people using mouthwash using proton pump inhibitors have high blood pressure. So no way. That's fantastic. Yeah, have a listen into it. It's a really good podcast. Yes, yes. We should have more time in the next few weeks, correct? <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's, it's very sad because uh, the Innovative Therapies range used to have a great product with arginine in it, which I loved. But anyway, mm. these things crumbles. Yeah, so they get that. And I do do a lot of um, also in their book, um, I do a lot of, um, like, as I said, I've annotated the leaky gut one I've, and I've had things about why, why they're getting hot flushes, for instance. We talk about pregnenolone still, and I've made my own flow chart with things like that. And I, and then I have my report of findings goes with this is what I think is going on in your body. These, and then we have to talk a whole section on toxins, and then of course diet and mental health as well. Yeah. So they get, and I always warn them at first visit that wasn't the overwhelming visit. The next visit's coming, <laughs> and usually I always ask them to bring somebody, and that this is their book. Um, but, um, of course, if there's bring someone for the report of findings, yes, yes. So there's a second year, yeah. like whether it's a mother or a husband or, um, even when I've gone to practitioners to, for my own health, I've always taken practitioner friends along, yeah. you know, because it's overwhelming when it's about you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you only hear a fraction and only retain a fraction of what you've heard. So that's, that's really good. So I think, um, do you do dry, diagrams and, and graphs? Oh, and course, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I can actually, um, I can send you, um, a, because when, if, because oftentimes, of course, the, the interstate people and stuff that, um, that may or may not drive or whatever for the first appointment, of course, the second one will just say, so I do all this in PDF and I email them to them, right. email it to them. And it's sometimes they like the actual physical because they're paying $15 for this folder, not that they know about it, on top of their research appointment. Mm -hmm. So my appointments usually, um, the best part of the $220, but there's $15 for, for the folder as well. So I think, well, I can physically post it as well. Yeah. You know? But a lot of them are happy with PDF, and then we just go, we just, um, go through um, it that way, basically. Okay. All right. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and also recapping, um, the, because you mentioned pricing just then, the research time, they're paying for you to do that research in that 30 minutes, but you're not face-to-face -face with them. So Correct. that $220 that you mentioned means Correct. pricey is really 
an hour and a half's appointment. Correct. So it's actually that, not, not, that. No. not expensive. No. And they get told that. And you know what? Before this COVID, as you know, I had no short, shortage of, you know, I had a six-week waiting list. So it's people are happy to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're so desperate, um, you know, I sort of said that was pretty hurt me. We all feel a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. So, so Paula is, uh, you know, this has got nothing to do with the flow of appointments, but for any practitioner out there who's thinking about it, get yourself a decent receptionist. If mm. you can afford it, mm. that will exponentially grow your practice like you would not believe. Okay, let's let's di- let's digress and explain to me how I can, as a single practitioner, justify putting somebody on and paying them to be a receptionist. How how can I make it happen? Well, you can um, you can well just I've just actually always hired receptionists as part of my old patients. It's just been very lucky how I've got my receptionists. I've only had about three in my entire career and you know one because she went and had babies and that's lovely um but um basically you don't have to deal with the money angela Mm. you're not compelled to feel sorry for them and give them a half price consultation i'll just take this for free this is the thing yeah and it's interesting you know who taught me that is that my 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 orthodontist friend angelo who hired his rooms out to me when he but when I first started, he said the first thing you need to do is get a receptionist because you don't want to be dealing with the money. Yeah. yeah. And it's so yeah. true. And, you know, when you think about it, you just put your price up $10 an appointment, a reception will cost you $30 an hour. Yeah. One yeah. appointment's usually half an hour. Yeah. Right? So basically um, you, can, you can just put... You can just put that onto your consultation fee quite easily. And at $10 or even $5, so they're paying for half of it. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Nobody, nobody quibbles about that. Or if you wanted to, put 2% on all your products. Mm. That'll cover. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. The, um, the, you know, the aspect anyway that I think with that of having a receptionist is it, it stops you being distracted in the appointment. Correct. So work on your own. You, you. Is, oh, the phone's ringing. Do I pick the phone oh, up? Gosh. Pick the phone up. Oh, I gosh, yes. appointment. Um, oh, that could be a patient that's having an adverse reaction. I need to pick that up. Correct. Um, doorbell rings. People coming in and out. Um, it's t- you're not fully present. No, and you know, not only that. Then, if you are being fully present with your client, someone just wants someone to listen to, to, to for them to listen to, and. You're saying, oh, I'll call you back. Mm. They may not come back. Or they know you're the naturopath. They want a free on telephone consult. Yeah. Because Paula will still have um, people on the telephone because the stories, the backstories are huge these days. Yeah. We know this. So by, when, when you get someone on the, on the telephone and they, they know you're the practitioner, whoa, bad news. Mm. You know, because then, then they're trying, and then you're trying to go, oh, gosh, I've got another patient coming in. I was going to stop those shelves, those boxes sitting out the back. They look terrible. That, the receptions are worth every cent you pay them, if you get a good one. I love that. That's really good advice. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go now. So you've got the patient um, books in for their initial appointment. You see them face-to-face. You do the testing as part of that. Patient goes away. Do the research time. The patient pays you for that research time, so you're not sitting up at 9 o'clock at night uh, doing work for free for the patient. Um, they're excited knowing that you are researching all about them and you're going to put together a book all about them, which is the report of findings. The report of findings explains what's gone wrong and your understanding behind the back of it and then you've got the um, the solution to their problem but the solution to the problem is not this is what we're going to do for the next two weeks and then we're we'll going so Correct. let's take it let's take it from there right uh, and so tell me in that how do you plan for the future okay so basically first of all the report of findings i actually don't often call it the report of findings i call it the book of you <laughs> So they get the book of you, of them, um, because, you know, not, we have to, and I'm the worst at this, I have to, people don't know about this stuff. They don't know about what the hell leaky gut is and stuff and you start explaining report of findings and it sounds so clinical and whatever. So I try to bring it down to their level. So if you say the book of you, they do feel really special. You've made a book about me. 
how amazing. So the language. Yeah, after that, we talk about, we give them a treatment plan. The only thing I actually do different, because people are a little bit sneaky, um, I don't put what recommended products when I have a treatment plan. So I go like, um, okay, this is the, this is, so we've done this one, we've researched you, we've, this is your report of findings, have a look here. We get you back in two weeks to make sure the diet, the two weeks after the report of findings is always about, let's see if the diet is working, not necessarily about giving um, more supplements. You know, they may get another supplement of the report of findings, depending on what I've found. The reason I put that diet consultation in, um, I just, you know, just say, how, how, how's the food going consultation, is because they come back to me, Angela, and they'd say, your diet's not working, Alex. And I'd say, ah, oh, yeah, nah, your version of my diet's not working. <laughs> There's two different things here. So we have a chat about if we're on the right page and if I've suggested things like Fitbit or Fitness Pal if they want to, if they're active. Um, so the third consultation is generally about two weeks later because they, they can take the book of you then home. They show that, by the way, is your best advertising. It's, you've got your logo all over it. They show Grandma. They show Uncle Bob. They show their sister. And all of a sudden, all the family's booked in because they also want a book of them. Yeah. So, um, so then after that, I always say usually two weeks after that, we'll see how we go. This is not locked in. I don't pre-book these appointments, but they're expected. Does that make sense? So you don't you don't pre-book them. So they they you don't you don't say um, okay every second Tuesday at two thirty for the next six weeks. That, that's what you need to be seeing before. So you don't pre-book them in that time. Some I do. They know. Okay. Some I do because they want to and because it depends how busy I am. But I honestly, Angela, I don't have any problems with people booking mm. from time to time because people, I have a lot of nurses as well, a lot of health workers, and they're on shift. They don't know what their shift is, you know, from day to day. And um, so so we work by that. Um, they always get reminders. They know it's a cancellation policy. Of course you're going to get those falling out. But they're the ones who don't want to... Uh, the word, they don't want to comply. That's a terrible word. Mm. But um, but just keeping them honest and saying, okay, this is what is expected of you. People often do as they're told. But um, I do find that if I've had a few um, things about, you know, oh, could we book you in this, this and this and this. You tend to find that they cancel and they don't rebook. Mm. There's two different personalities here. Am I, it's pretty mm. as clear as mud. I find those people who are focused and like me, Virgo, we're quite happy to have... Um, appointments for the next three months and not, not shift workers. But others just want to go from day to day and uh, week to week and see how they're going. And I, it works. And I don't have many cancellations. Great. Okay. So um, in those follow-up appointments, how – well, it's okay. So backtrack for a minute. Uh, from the initial appointment to the report of findings, what's the time frame roughly? Uh, it depends on my diary but no more than two weeks. I like a week usually. Okay. And then from and the report of findings to the next follow-up to two weeks at all? Yes. Yes, always two weeks because that's only half an hour then. That's easier to slot in. Great. And the report of findings an hour. Yes, sorry. Okay. And then, okay, good. And then how um, how often generally do you see patients on, on their, let's just say, over the first three months? Um, okay. So I do two weeklies probably for uh, three goes, so three, six weeks. And then I slot it to three weekly, four weekly. It also depends how they respond. And that's why I like not sometimes slotting people in because everyone, it actually amazes me. For instance, I had this patient the other day and she's lovely and she's, she's, she's country and, you know, and I thought, oh, there's no, and she lives on spring rolls and bloody meat pies, right? And, um, and she has no energy. So I thought, oh, gosh, I said to Paula, oh, I wonder if she'll come back for her off. She came back for her off. She's my absolute biggest referrer from out there. And she knows everything I say. She's completely changed her diet. Like, if I would have given her a plan and said, you must come every two weeks because I, in my heart, feel that you're not going to do this stuff, I wouldn't have said that, of course. It would have been different. But, like, she now comes every, well, she's, she comes every six months. Or if it goes to hell in a handbasket if she's got a, um, a, a stressful time with something, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. 
Okay, so um, then explain to me then, because you, you, you say we talk about templates. We're talking about templates for treatment yes. plans. Yes. So can you um, elucidate on how that or describe how it would actually look for people listening? Okay, so basically um, what I do, I also have templates for this, of course. Mm-hmm. So basically I have um, three columns and I say, um, so I basically with my treatment plan, it's the things they give me on that first, that's why I went five. The, the top five. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, say for this one, it is uh, more energy. Yeah. And then the rationale is, well, we found that, you know, um, with your gut dysbiosis, um, it's infecting inflammation and mitochondria and that sort of stuff and time frame. Well, that's that you know that that may take up to twelve months to complete, and then I'll talk about um, you know I always mention gut in there whether they've got gut GIT symptoms or not. That's always one of them, mm-hmm. and then uh, right at the end I put wellness plan, mm-hmm. like right down the bottom. I try to keep it on one A4 page, Angela, because people yeah. just it just gets overwhelming. Yeah. and I do a twelve font because if you do it any smaller, it's like what is all this crap. Mm. So basically, I am um, always the last one. Say fertility is healthy, happy, happy baby. Continue to support you and your new family and your ongoing wellness program, or something like that. Or this one is vibrant health with energy. Ensure you see me every six to twelve months for um, a integrated detoxification or something like that. This is this one I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I work. Thyroid, of course, we've always got. I've also put in their regular pathology, and of course, we don't want to um, it, to confront doctors because they are doing the best they can. And we know Medicare's broken, and uh, they can't do a lot of tests. So I tend to use um, ice cream. I think it's the Queensland for I hyphen screen. So it's the private arm of QML. So yeah. you can become a practitioner and set that up and like a vitamin D test is only forty nine dollars. Right. A complete okay. thyroid function. It's sorry. Lowercase, it's lowercase I screen. Hyphen, not underscore, hyphen, I hyphen screen. Right. Right. And you just and they basically it's so fantastic. Um, I do still use other private ones like Nutribath, but with ice cream they don't have to pay the thirty three dollar collection fee. They don't have any kits, it's all done through QML because it is the private arm of QML. And um, so you just become a practitioner and they um, send you, set you up with an app, you add the patient and then you go, so I always go in my treatment plan, we will check your vitamin D again here. You know, or we'll complete thyroid test with TSIs and reverse T3 is under $200. Right. That's fantastic. Mm. 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 So then they're not, the patients aren't confronted with, Oh gosh, I've got to, you know, I've got to sit in the dirty doctor's waiting surgery because of all the germs, and and the doctor's going to say no, and then you know I'm going to feel bad, and I always give them the option. Yeah, but you know, people love to be tested, Angela. <laughs> people do love to be tested. They do. So I tend to, there's always a pathology one in there too, and I do do a lot of dry urine total complete hormone tests, Dutch tests, because I see a lot of hormone stuff, and they are expensive, 388 bucks. So we slot them in. If no joy, we need to do a Dutch test now. Mm. Mm. If we're not getting anywhere, what are your hormones doing? What's your E3 doing? What's your 1642 hydroxy doing? All that sort of stuff. So we want to... Um, put that all in there. So they're aware that, oh, gosh, if I'm still not feeling the best, Alex is going to think on my sixth visit, I'm going to need to fork out this $388 for a Dutch test because it's on their plan. Yeah, right. I like that. I, I hadn't thought about doing that so that that's, they've got, okay, if if we're not where we need to be by this stage, this is the next level of stuff we're doing when that goes into the plan. I think that's that's very good, actually. That's my if no joy column. Or row. I have an if no joy row. <laughs> and I do say this will probably happen about three months or six weeks or whatever. Because, you know, Dutch test is not that urgent. Let's see if we can sort it out first beforehand. And it's plenty pain being asked to do. I've still got my, my repeat one sitting there and I had to ring them up the other day and say, oh, well, this one's still being date. I've had it for 12 months, you know. Yeah. And I'm certainly not doing it now because I wouldn't imagine what my cortisol levels like now with all this COVID craziness. Yeah. So that's 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 the um, and I don't actually put that immediately after our um, I put that kind of towards the end mm. once they've empowered and I, once they feel a bit empowered about their 
their um their treatment. And then when I've done it, I take it out of the end and put it as their third page. But I don't that's not the third page they see. Does that make sense? Mm, no, not really. So once once they've gone through the first six weeks ish or something with you. No, no, that... sorry. I'm back on the report of findings, the year, yeah. the yearbook. Yeah. So the first page is the cover page and the letter. The second page is the clinical focus. Usually the third page used to be the treatment plan. Right. I don't do that. I put it right at the end. Um, After we've done some some mindful breathing and we've talked about empowerment, I read a little empowerment speech out to them. We do four mindful breaths together. Then we go, okay, this is the plan. And then I unclick that, take it from the back and put it in the third page and tab it. Right. I'm with you now. It's just less of a, it's less confronting for them to yep. do it that way. Yeah, so that's in the appointment flow. That makes sense to me yes. now. Okay, all right. Yes. And then, and then, so um, in that treatment plan that you have, because the treatment plan, you, would you have, let's say, for example, three components to your treatment plan? Would you have an energy component? Once we finish getting your energy up, then we're going to do a detox component. Then we're going to do a gut component. Then we're going to do one component. Yes. So, right. Okay. So then, how do you know? How do you know at the end of your energy component of the plan, let's say the energy went, your energy uh, treatment went for four weeks, for example, how do you know at the end of four weeks they're ready to transition into the next plan? I never know. It's yeah. a blurred line and oftentimes I've got arrows and stars and love hearts all over that by the time they finish because they bring their folder back with them every appointment. Yeah. And I'm drawing on that treatment plan. Do I don't know how toxic their mitochondria is because I haven't done any. That's too expensive. All that testing. I don't even know what it is. You know? Do you do a reassessment appointment? I beg your pardon. You do a reassessment appointment. Yes, of course. That's in there too, where you redo all the. Um, well, I tend to not redo the iridology because I've actually learned that doesn't change too much. So I tend to look at nails and tongue and do blood. Um, probably that's. I do that quite early. I do that about the fourth appointment. So um, first appointment, report of findings, the, the food appointment. Then I do that one because their bloods change. Just with that little bit of tweaking. So even if they're not feeling that great, they think they're not feeling great because let's face it, we forget about everything. I put their blood under the microscope and I said, can you remember what it used to look like? Look at it now. So we're getting there. So I do tend to do blood on the fourth appointment. Right. Yeah. Again, okay, all right, and then but there is, sorry. Where, where would you do a full reassessment where all the initial questionnaire that they filled out, all of the initial material, you reassess that and see, okay, this is where you started and this is where you are now. Do you do that at all? Three months. Three months, okay. Three months is my magic number for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when we get all our pathology done again, like vitamin D. I find so many. That's endemic, Angela. Mm. Vitamin D insufficiency in this country. Yeah, now, everyone's sitting at forty-nine. Yeah, yeah. That's a gross generalisation. A lot of people are sitting at forty-nine, and functional medicine likes you at hundred. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I do tend, and that's a nice cheapy one, and it's so good when they all of a sudden it's doubled. Well, you know, whatever in three months. So it depends where it was, but. So then, then I say this is the pathology we need to do again. I don't over-test because tests are expensive. Thyroid, I, um, I do have a, a, an endocrinologist in town who is, if the patients are seeing him, he's very amenable. He, he likes my work, so he will, you know. But then we have to think about with him, his appointments are $325 each. So they go and see him to read all of their blood tests. It's probably just as cheap to get them done through ice cream. Yes. So I'll give them the option. Yep. All right. They don't want to get their pathology retested. <clears throat> and I, 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 I guess where I wanted to draw attention to that where you do the whole reassessment again, you do yours at three months, is that really when we were at college, we were taught that it's almost the, each appointment, the follow-up appointment, it's almost a reassessment. You know, uh, do, you, do you remember where we used to, like, you'd yeah. start with all the questions from the hair follicles down to their toenail, uh, you ask uh, everything in between, then they come in for their next appointment and you'd go, okay, let's see what's changed since last time, and you'd go through all of those questions. Oh, do you remember those days? Oh, gosh, no. That's the, when the, your adrenal glands were quivering at the end of every day, right? Oh, exhausting. So I think really what I want to focus on here is just the 
the key focus in each of those follow-up appointments between the third appointment report of findings and that three-month appointment is only about the patient achieving those goals. Correct. So if you are doing an energy process protocol with them, your questioning is only about the five things that they want at the top and their energy. Correct. Then Although if they come in and they say, oh, gosh, I'm really bloated or whatever, and then we go, well, let's go through the diet. That's clearly not... Well, it is, but they don't perceive it as energy. So if something comes up, of course, we'll address it. But even at my reassessment appointment, Angela, I don't go through the whole questionnaire again as such. I just do the pertinent stuff that's pertinent to them that I've said, okay, well, you clearly need to redo the detox questionnaire. We need to have a look at your DAS or your, your mood appraisal questionnaire or that sort of stuff. So we, it's always proceed and tailored for the patient because, gosh, what a waste of time and energy. Mate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. would waste, waste oh, of resources. Now, our most our most precious resource is our time. So, you know, where we can save that. Awesome. I have completely forgotten that's what we used to do because I've been practicing so, not been practicing like that for so long. That's like, oh my gosh, yes, that's correct. We used to do it all like that. How insane. I know. I think I'm scarred from that. So that's why I remember it. <laughs> oh, you Your adrenals will prevail. Your adrenals will prevail. Oh, they will, they will. So um, so I guess then I, we've gone right through. How do you, because you've mentioned wellness before and I'm a big proponent of talking to your patients about when we go through all of this and you're feeling better, we're going to put you on a wellness plan so you're not stuck like this ever again. You're not back to this place ever again. And I pre-frame that right at the very initial yes. Appointment and the report of findings appointment. Um, so you don't have that awkward conversation once they're feeling better and everything's great. And then you go, oh, now we're going to put you onto a wellness program. And they go, oh, I don't need that, you know, because they're already, the, you know, the seeds are already planted. So yeah, typically talk to me about how does your wellness work? How, how, what do you focus on? Um, how do you supplement? And how frequently would you see your patients? Okay, so at that three-month assessment, we'll get the, they'll get the three-month assessment and then by then they may be on four-weekly or six-weekly appointments, usually only about four-weekly or three-weekly. And then I get them back within two weeks of that three-month assessment. Okay, great. Everything's in place now. We're going to do detox because everyone gets detox because um, – and you don't want to be – gosh, you don't want to be doing that on the second week because if they've got a mitochondrial issue, it'll go to hell in a handbasket and they'll never come back to see you again. And, go, and you know what, the amount of – other patients will see from other practitioners to do that. And then, they, then they're, they're more unwell than they were to start with because they have a herx or whatever. So I say, okay, we're going to do detox. This will take between two and six weeks depending. And then we get them back again. And then um, I'll probably do a bit of blood again, go through everything again. And then they go on my wellness. Like, okay, so it's always three monthly for a month, couple of months, then six monthly. I like it ideally at six monthly, but sometimes some people just come back every 12 months for detox in February with nice. me. Yeah. So is your is your wellness detox or you move them to detox and then when they finish the detox, you move them on to wellness? Correct. Always detox first. And let's face it, if you do, if you do all that bloody foundation work, sometimes the detoxes only need to be those two wonderful drinks from a certain company, Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and then you, you go, oh gosh, we do the questionnaire again. Are you feeling good? Do, you need, do we need to look under your blood? Do you need to address your liver or whatever? It's incredibly empowering for the patient. In particular, if they've been to another person who, because a lot of them go, oh my gosh, I don't want to detox. Last time I did that, I broke out in shingles and whatever. I go, no, no, no. We've set your body up now. You know, and the gut permeability is better and all this sort of stuff. No, 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 no. Look at the diet, how different you are now and all this. And no, there's no coffee enemas involved. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they, um, so that, that, that three monthly, get it all done. If, they, if I find that the, 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 the ducks are in the row, I do the detox. And then after that, after the detox, it's wellness. Yeah. Do you, have you ever looked at what your retention rate is on your patients? So no. the ones that move in, you haven't done your, haven't done your stats? <laughs> no, I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with numbers. I should. I don't think it's too bad. Okay. I don't think it's too bad. I, have, I, I would literally see patients from the first week I opened my doors. Mm. Mm. You and know, one of, my, one of my fertility patients, I think her son's now 14 years old. She yeah. comes quite regularly. Okay. Her mm. oldest son. 
So, look, it's probably could be better um, if I um, made more time to do it. So those for those perhaps who are just starting out, you know, you can really set yourself up. My problem's really is time. But uh, I don't think it's too bad. You know, things like Facebook and stuff, and you just remember February's detox month. You know, there's another practitioner who's very different. I mean, mine, the other um, uh, functional medicine practitioner who, who works out in Mordura, she did an online detox for all her patients this year in February. I'm so going to pinch her ID. She said I'm allowed to. <laughs> and basically she was just a close Facebook group and all that sort of stuff, and then you get patients back. But I tell you what, this COVID-19, I'm seeing clients that I haven't seen for eight years. Yeah. They're bringing yeah. them all out. It's all coming out. They're all coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. It's... it's uh... Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to get crucified for saying it, but it's a blessing in disguise. Um, yeah, oh, like you have all the sunshine, so I certainly am. Yeah, yeah, and it's not being opportunistic at all. It's, it's there are people out there who suddenly then I want to prioritise my health. You know, this is what's important to me. I know I've let it slide. Um, now I'm concerned about it, and that's you know that's the reality of it is that people want what we can offer, need what we can offer, and you know it's it's just re. What's the word? It's it's re helping people to realign with what's important to them. They've actually got forced time, and I think once we <coughs> excuse me, once we move from the distraction phase, which I think we uh, last week, which was okay. the first week yeah. of lockdown, was yes. the distraction phase, and now people are okay. going, well, hang on a minute, I've got time to do the things that are important to me that I've put aside. And haven't done, and one of those is well. Let's eat better. Let's let's spend time with family. Let's breathe. Let's sleep. Let's you know those sorts of things that they're they're now doing. If you're not having to commute half an hour each way to work, or forty five minutes in my case, right. an hour and a quarter to work each way, yeah. you know that's that's an hour at least up your sleep that you can do something like even meditate or right. mass meditation. It's coming up this Sunday. It's on my Facebook page, but not, not, not for this point of podcast. But the other thing I want to actually point out, which which um, you just reminded me of, I don't overprescribe, not even for thyroid. That is the sign of a very um, new prac, I think. And I am not overprescribing even in this climate. I just I won't give someone zinc if the zinc tally is fine. Even with this, you know, if I, if I find if some people get more stuff, some people get less stuff. Some people literally walk away with a bottle of herbs from me um, and I go, this, you'll be fine with this. Mm. And if, it, if you do get any symptoms, come and get this one. I've written it on the script because I just still think we have to have integrity. And, um, and, I, do, and I used to be conscious of it myself. Oh, they need this, this, and this, and this, and this. No, they don't. No, they don't. Fix the food up, give them something for their stress, calm that down, sort their tummies out, and just progress along the line with what you need to give. And they'll come back. They're much more likely to come back. I think I think where you have that ability to do that, Alexandra, is that you spent the initial appointment and the research time truly understanding what their drivers are. Right. When you understand what the drivers are and you couple that with focusing on their goals, so what's going to get them to their goals, focusing on that first, then, again, recoupling that with really knowing and understanding your products, knowing what is in the tools of your trade, knowing that uh, this bottle will address six things that are going on with them rather than having to give them six bottles of different stuff to, to deal with that. And I think, you know, as, a, as an experienced practitioner or a newer practitioner, to accelerate your ability to work well in, in this industry, I think, you know, one of the big things you can do is, you know, find formulas and go and read all the technical data on those particular formulas Correct. and understand, okay, I can use this one formula to nail six things that's going on with that patient. And a lot of formulas do that. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of formulas do that. And so you can, you can really, by addressing the driver primarily and then knowing your products really give you that ability to minimise what you're prescribing for your patients. Yeah, and I do. That's another one of my favourite sayings. Natural medicine, often herbs and nutrients up on trick ponies. They'll cover a lot of underlying drivers. Um, and that's exactly right. And if you need to spend more time on your research, if, you, if this is new to your game, if you've got time, spend an hour on the client and just 
okay, just wear that until you get used to doing it and getting those templates up. Because once you can click down on the list and whatever, it gets a whole heap easier. Mm, it does. And knowing your formula. Even if you only want to use a few key ones to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's been really awesome. And it's been really nice to be able to help get people to have a visual of how the actual process works to flow in appointment rather than doing the hop, hop, skip and jump where you're going from... It makes me anxious just thinking about it. It literally makes me anxious just thinking about it. So maybe I'm scarred too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a good system. And look, thank you so much for for your time with that. Um, again, you know, this is the podcast title is Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, and you have been an industry leader for many many years and an inspiration going forward. I think for a lot of practitioners, knowing you know just that ongoing study, ongoing self betterment, and the positivity that you have. So, any advice for practitioners? Just keep on being awesome because we're all awesome. <laughs> I like it. Thank you so much for today, Alexandra. Thank you, Angela. I keep saying, hey? I will. <laughs> Good on you, Angela. Love your work too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast. We hope you found today's discussion helpful in your own professional journey. Sharing our experiences as practitioners is such a great way to develop together. So before you go, why not take a moment to share this episode with someone that you know will value it. And whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other platforms, remember to like and review the episode too. We read all of your comments and would love to hear your suggestions for future topics. Head to metagenics.com.au for downloads, links, and other business support materials. Standing on the shoulders of giants, supporting you in creating your best practice.